Yes, 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 y'all. Once again, it's the Full Disclosure Show. I'm Derek Lamont Williams the first. We got Big Dick Dosley, Barbara Rich Green, and the beautiful Lisa Lisa, the little lady of the house. Hello. What's, What's up, up y'all? What's you know going what I'm saying? On? Here we What's go happening? another week, man. You know what I mean? Trying to live, get it how I live. What's up with it, y'all? Hey, man, ready to do this, man. Another, another week in the books. Y'all to save people and they credit the whole time. Y'all got capes on. Y'all flying hey, around like Superman and Wonder we, Woman. We, we trying, we trying, we trying to help the community, man. For those of y'all who trying to catch us live on Facebook, we having technical difficulties. We'll continue to try to get this uh, feed up, but we're gonna keep going right here on the on the podcast, so y'all can check us out on Spotify. And and and, and pod, Apple Podcasts and, and and Stitchers and we all we we out here so you know what I mean it's going down what's up Miss Light little lady little lady yeah just uh, getting ready to do this show I'm ready to get it popping let's go yeah oh yeah well we're gonna go ahead and uh we're gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and set these things off man for those of y'all who haven't known the man John Singleton may he rest in power. He uh, passed away, you know, of a stroke, complications from a stroke. And uh, I wanted to kind of reflect on his his work and his contribution to the community. Specifically, you know, and y'all chime in as you as we go, you know, and, and say what you need to say. But I want to start specifically with Boys in the Hood, his opening, 1991. And uh, this film was so significant for me because it was the first time that I can remember where I saw myself on screen. Yeah. I saw me. You know what I mean? Yeah, like we anything, about that too, yeah, anything, we, everything before that was just like movie. When you see, you know, New Jack City, that was movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, Doc, Boys in the Hood to me was like a documentary. You know what I mean? Like the scene in the beginning when they was kids and they took the football, like, give a little nigga the ball. Back. <laughs> yeah, How yeah, many yeah. times did that happen to us? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, this, that was a scene out of my life. You know what I mean? And it was like, I remember my when I was in the movie theater and I seen, and I seen, just, I didn't just see me, I saw my neighborhood. I saw people that I knew. I saw, I mean, the story with uh, Lawrence Fitz, the characters, the, I mean, the, you know, and it wasn't, a gratuitous shoot 'em up. It was a coming of age movie in That's the hood, true. you know. And when when he went back and he showed him his kids, he humanized. He, yeah. you know, it's like you remember when we was all kids and everybody was innocent and everybody was just playing in, yeah. in, in a in a situation that was not meant for us. Correct. You know what I mean? You start stealing because you didn't have no, because your mom didn't have your money mm-hmm. to get what you want to get. Yeah, How many of us I went to the corner? You know what I mean? If yeah. I want to eat, I'm gonna get and, this. And so it, it was just that movie. I've seen a hundred zillion times and uh, it was just so significant to me. It was like, it was, it was a eye opening experience to go to the movie theater and see a reflection of my life on the screen for the first time. And uh, we can go on and on into the significance of, of the things, uh, baby boy and man, we just watched baby boy the other day. And it's just like, I mean, he, he had, he was the, into what I consider like the golden age of black cinema right now. Yeah. Like you're seeing the quality and the number of black actresses and I mean the black directors and writers with Jordan Peele and what's my man that did a uh, Black Panther? I can't think uh, of Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler and it's just yeah. and, the, and the woman that did uh, a Wrinkle in Time. It's like a golden mm-hmm. age and John John Singleton. Shout out to Spike Lee. Spike Lee, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Definitely shout out to Spike Lee. But John Singleton was that. You know, in the, that middle, that, that middle bridged ground. it, yeah. yeah. And he took it somewhere different than Spike Lee, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was just, you know, a, a great man, a great director, an ambassador of representation of the of what he put out there. He was he was true. He put his truth out there. He put our truth out there. Correct. And I just want to commend him, man, one of the best that ever done it. Rest in power. You know, I'm, I'm dying to hear y'all. Uh, thoughts on on, the, on what's going on on the topic. I think, I think that his movies, you were we were more able to relate to them as far as you know. Those were things that you can go through if you wasn't going through. Yeah. I know there was 
people in the movie that I could relate to personally. And it's kind of like just what you said. You know what I'm saying? You see yourself in one of those characters or you see someone that you know in one of those characters. Correct. And, you know, when I seen, when I seen you boys in the hood, I kind of was like, damn, that's a, that's a new type of movie. I was a little bit older, right. you know what I'm saying, when I seen it. Well, when I seen it and was able to adjust it and um, digest it, I was a little bit older, so I was like, damn, that is a different type of movie, and I can understand why he's so significant in the in the movie era. What about you, Rich? Well, you know, it's crazy. Did you just kind of touch on something? I went ahead, and I put Baby Boy in just yesterday, day before yesterday, and watched it from beginning to end, and I was in awe of just some of the subtle nuances that I missed. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about what you said, you know, yeah, you know, Spike Lee, uh, paving the way Robert Townsend before him, right, right. you know, uh, and, and there's probably others that we missing. There's no disrespect. Mario me. Van Peebles. Mario Van Peebles. You go back to Sweet Sweet Back Badass. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he he's the one who showed that we could be bankable. Right. You know, and then you know Eddie Murphy blowing it out the water showed that we could be actually blockbuster stars. You know, it it, uh, it paved the way, but it's something about his filmmaking. Yeah. That mm-hmm. resonates with you. It wasn't. You know, like, you could kind of see people's personal agendas and things. You probably see his and his as well. But I think that he did a great job of bringing a human aspect to his characters. Yeah. Because I saw myself, like you said, we saw, we went to go see Boys in the Hood as a, as a hood. Yeah. The hood went yeah. to go see Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. And, you know. I, and it was not what I expected. Like, no. what they portrayed it to be, yeah. it, it was not what it was. Like the commercial, you thought it was just going to be a gangster, gangster type, shoot them up type yeah. of movie, and it was not. No, it was a coming to age story. I mean, yeah. with, with, without a Boys in the Hood, you, you, you wouldn't have like a The Wood. I thought that was right, a great coming right, of age story. Yeah. You know, you could just see certain nuances within it. What's going on, Time Mitchell? And it make so. you understand why people in that situation act the way they do and you know what I'm saying why they feel the way they do because that's real life that yeah. was that wasn't just no shit that he just sat down and just made up or he just heard somebody talking you know what I'm saying that them situations was real life that is. I'm I've never experienced a lot of those situations but yeah. I know people mm. that have experienced those situations I know one of my favorite movies he made was how you're learning and yeah. where, where, where I'm from, when it came deep out, movie. Super deep I remember movie. hearing about how people was fighting in the theater. Like, they, they shut the whole theater down because they tore it up, fighting. Mm. And once I seen the movie, it's one of my favorite movies. I can understand why it could cause some riff. You know what I'm saying? It was it was real, and it's even relevant to today. Yeah, I think it's Very more relevant more, today. Yeah, I think more it's relevant, more relevant today than it was then. He was like making movies in the for the future. Yeah, and that's one I almost forgot about. Man, it was higher learning. You know what I mean? That was a, a one a major major movie, and uh, I I wanted to go like I remember even you know everybody wanted to rap back in the day. Furious <laughs> Styles was one of my rap names. You know what yeah, I'm <laughs> I was like, oh man, when I saw when I went to the movies, his name was his dad's name was Furious Styles. Style. Like, oh man, that's it. What's a movie? I mean, what's a character for one of his movies that y'all most relate to? Y'all can see yourself being that character or playing that character with no problem. And you know what? That's funny. As far as like. When you say the most relatable character, it, it had to be Jody. I mean, not that I could, re- not that if he was me, but I could see aspects. He, I, I know that dude. Like, I know, I know I, that. I know a whole bunch of Jody. Yeah, I was watching him like I know a whole bunch of Jody. But like, it was see, with, 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 and with Boys <laughs> in the Hood, like you know, I, it wasn't just one character. Like I saw pieces of my, I saw pieces of them characters all in me. Like mm-hmm. I was, I had pieces of Ricky in me. Mm-hmm. You know, I had pieces of Doughboy, pieces of uh, 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 Trey. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I had pieces, of, I, and then I see like it captured like all different pieces of who I felt I was, and, and especially people I knew, and just the environment, just the way the movie moved. The, the the heartbeat of the movie was just incredible, man. It was like a day that for you to debut with that, you know what I mean? Yeah, like a, a classic, a, a classic. Like it, it'll forever be 
one of my favorites simply because it was the first time that I saw myself on screen. Like you even go back to the old Breaking and B Street. You know, when you went to see it, it didn't feel real. Yeah. Like, because that ain't how we was doing it in yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's New York. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it was like far-fetched to, to, to me. You know what I mean? Like, in every, like every movie that I ever saw, it was, a, it was a movie. When I saw The Boys in the Hood, it changed the game. It was like, oh, man, this is my life. Like, this is me. Like, wow. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was crazy. So. What about you, Rich? Who's your most relatable character? Uh, you know, it's funny because we went to see it. Like I said, we went to go see it as a hood. Mm-hmm. And people were telling me, you Trey. When the movie was on, yeah. everybody kept looking at me like, you Trey, you said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Seville. yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody like, Trey. man, you, you Trey. You're everybody Trey. like, that's Trey. That you Trey. And it's like, so I, I would guess Trey, you know, mm-hmm. in the movie. It's, it's, mm-hmm. I didn't see myself as Trey in, in, when I was sitting there, but I'm like. You know you worked like, at Fox Hill yeah, Mall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had on a flat shirt. Yeah, you know you worked at Fox Hill Mall. Yeah, I was Trey. And uh, I would say, Derek, if anything, even though he was quiet, you were a mix of uh, uh, Ricky and Doughboy. And, you know, not Doughboy for the trouble you had, but that's what I saw. You know, but where, uh, where did you see yourself and where did you see yourself? And uh, what was his girlfriend name, the one who was going away to school? Um, Brand, what was Brandy. It? Brandy, yeah. Uh-huh. Nia, Nia Long. Shout yeah. out to Nia Long. Ooh, still. I, see, I see myself as hey, Justice yeah. from Poetic Justice. Boy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we just watched that the other yeah. day, too. You know, yeah. They've been on, so we've been watching John yeah. Cena. Justice and Poetic Justice, yeah. I'm Lucky like, yeah, and that's Justice, me. yeah. That's me all day. <laughs> Couldn't Pete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think... The, I think the one up. thing that you that you brought attention up, that you uh, mentioned that how relatable all his characters are. You yeah. know what I mean? How human they are. How human his stories were. You know what I mean? And it's like, man, you know, he was he was definitely one of the greats, man. He was one so of the greats. Everything, everything John Singleton did, I was on. The world lost a giant in this in this industry and a giant in storytelling and the importance. Of of us controlling our own narrative. Say that. You know what I mean. Yeah. Of us bringing our stories from our perspective to the big screen. You know what I mean. John Singleton, along with Spike Lee and others, contributed to letting people know that this is a, a marketable, bankable industry. Say that. You know, and that everybody is interested in hearing our stories, not just us. We're interested really of in hearing our own stories portrayed by us, mm-hmm. but other people, other races and other cultures are just as interested. And you can, you can tell by how they, you know, mark how they react. To exactly. And oh, shout out because What's up, Jacqueline? nothing to the homosexual, but he's never had no show movie where his characters were homosexuals. They were doing all that extra stuff. Some of us, like some of the uh, black directors we have today and that's one thing I do appreciate him doing you know nothing to the homosexual community but I just get tired of seeing that it seemed like every director gotta have it and it, maybe it's just on TV you know the Empire and that show Star and all those types of shows they always gotta have those well, yeah. well but see the person and, running those shows that's either. what I'm saying yeah so but, I mean, you know, people put their agendas out there. Yeah. But like like we were saying, his agenda was just showing a real story, like showing relatable characters. I'd never really... When you sit back and watch now, you marvel at how people do certain little certain subtle nuances. He was a, <coughs> a, a very nuanced movie maker, you know? And I think it would go over most people's heads if they just think <coughs> it was a black movie. It would just happen to be a movie that told our story. He was a crop. You, you know, and, and, and that's no... It's no diss to the people like Robert Townsend... Uh, people like uh, uh, my man Keenan Ivory Wayans, you know, people who, who put stuff out there. Don't get me wrong. They they did some great stuff to get us on screen. But to see yourself and not be a caricature. Right. It, right. It's very hard for us not to do it. I mean, it is not no, no offense to Master P, whatever. You know, you my fam, Master P. You know, that's my man, Percy Miller. What's up? Shout out to you. But it's like, um, you know, it's a, it was a lot of slapstick stuff done in the 90s. When you think about it, when mm-hmm. we get on screen, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, 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 you know, like really over the time. Yeah. Well, it's, even, even though, and I, I want to compare it to and another one of my favorite movies, New Jack City. Shout out No Jack City, but New Jack City was a, I ain't going to say it was a great, it was a, you know, Wesley Snipes acted his ass off, but it was far-fetched. 
Even yeah. though we was in it, like that ain't how the, yeah. the, the dope game was going. There was nobody taking over projects. Even though I know it's based on the true story, there was a guy who did take over projects out yeah. there. So, but you know, it was oh, it's, it's it was movie, it was cinematic. You know what yeah. I mean? Wesley Snipes yeah. was an over the top character. Correct. He nailed it. You know, the Dead Man was an over the top character. You know, these were yeah. over the top, not necessarily characters. No, no, no. But you know you. what I mean? No, they were no, over the top you. characters. With, with, with boys in the hood, man, they were. Real people down the earth. You know, yeah. This was a real sitting on the porch and drinking forty. Like real people, <laughs> yeah. they didn't look like mm-hmm. actors, Hollywood. They looked like real people, people that he just got off the street. Yeah, and say, "Hey, I'm yeah. gonna give you this opportunity." You know, that's how I looked at Doughboy. You know, even though we know who he is now, but he he it was so gritty, it was so real. And and let and let me real quick, let me definitely shout out. Ice Cube as Doughboy, yeah. his first role. Yeah. He helped give that movie that feel because yeah. he was so real. Like Ice Cube was dope. Like you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if you knew Doughboy, that was that Doughboy. was Doughboy. Like and, it, and and he was he partly gave it that feel. Like you know he was so organic, the and so authentic. You know it was supposed to be people. I don't know if people know it was supposed to be the whole NWA was supposed to be. That group, you know what I mean? Okay, but yeah. because the whole thing when it fell out, they end up just, you know, it had Ice Cube. And so it was supposed to be Red and Dre, uh, all the I other guys, all that, yeah. But uh, that whole thing didn't fall out. But man, shout out to, to not just Ice Cube, but all the actors. Yeah. All the actors, job. man. Even, you know, Lawrence Fishburne, man, you know what I mean? You sitting there, you know, with Trey he when he's when he's the scene where he pops you in the neck like, Y'all's yeah, pussy yet, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And the one thing Don't about you know Doughboy I mean? is like, even though he was thug, even though he was hard, you still felt empathy for him because you felt where he, you felt his heart, you yeah. felt his pain. When you saw the, how the mind was right. treated, and you the understood, one like, damn. And that's one of the, that's cru- some that's real one stuff of the crucial right parts. And that's, that is real. That's yeah. real. Yeah. That was why, why the, the crucial scene in the beginning, when you see him as kids. That's how you that that yeah. sucks you in. That makes you like man, because to the to those that don't know, yeah, we kids too. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We was children too. Yeah. We was innocent at one point. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And and you see the environment that they're in, how that yeah. shapes. What you want to go see a dead body? You know, like, come on yeah. now. This is what you know. This is what goes on in our neighborhood. Like yeah. what, how kids process this? What up, how Patrick? kids processing death? You know what I mean? That movie was was so deep. It gave you a realistic look inside our neighborhoods and what's going on. And if you was across country, you can relate to it. And every movie that he's done, man, from Higher Learning to Poetic Justice, just watch that. And, you know, you're talking about characters, man. You're talking about relatable characters. I mean, uh, Tupac Shakur, man, what, that was one of the best, act, best acting jobs. You know, he was just a wonderful actor anyway. But yeah. great. That was a fantastic movie. It was. I'd like to know, like, you know, for the people who hear us, you know, because we are broadcasting, even though we have a technical yeah, difference yeah. on this side. I think they see us on the other side. You know, who was who your favorite John Singleton character? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what, so, what, what movie, you know, made that impact? Go ahead, D. Yeah, I was going to say, if y'all can comment on it, you know what I'm saying, drop it in the comment, y'all favorite. Favorite. Now, when you say you say a most relatable character, now you saying favorite, character. favorite or, or relatable. Yeah, yeah, so you know what I mean. It's hard to determine a favorite. I would have to say, I would have to say, and I almost forgot who I would find myself most relatable to was uh, Cube in uh, Higher Learning. In Higher Learning, yeah, that was yeah, yeah. That when I went yeah. to see that at the po- at that moment in my life, I, that's when I was coming to my awakening. Mm-hmm. You know, I was reading stuff, I was learning, so. When when the stuff he was dropping, you know, I was dropping. I was like, yeah, that's yeah, me right there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's me right there. So, yeah, that would have to be my favorite and most relatable. What about you? Was it still still justice supported? Still justice, justice mm-hmm. but I can relate to uh, Fudge or uh, what name is his name from Higher Learning? They call him Fudge. Yeah, was it was it Fudge Fudge? Or something like that. Yeah, Ice Cube off of Higher Learning. I can't really relate to him now. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But I had to stick with Justice. You know, she was just so, she was just so laid back. 
So Vivian Hendricks. You know, she Foster. she was a survivor. Yeah. She was a survivor. You know, for what she where she, she was at, what she had been through, she what saw. she was saw. She was a survivor. You know, it, it, it it's not easy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But she was a survivor. And uh, yeah, I could really relate to her writing. That's mm-hmm. a really mm-hmm. relatable thing she did. So, yeah, y'all, you listening to and watching the full disclosure show. I'm Dag Lamont Williams the first. We got Big Dick Dashley, Rich Green, up, and the bro? little lady of the house, Miss Lisa, Lisa Burnett. And we're going to go to you, Miss Lisa, Lisa. What was the, what's on your mind? Incarceration. I want to talk about the effects of incarceration on the family. Uh, I went to go see a family uh, family member to this week and he's incarcerated and it took me a minute to go to go see him. I didn't I don't I don't like to see people in the in the jail, in the jail system. Mm-hmm. I know what it's about. I know where it came from. And it just hurt me to see this family member locked up like this. And yeah, I mean, I can crazy. understand, you know, he went through his issues, had his trials, his tribulations, or what have you. So I can understand I was there. You know what I'm saying? So I understand why he why he got to where he got to. It, it makes sense because I was there. Not It's not acceptable. I'm not say, uh, saying it's okay, but I understand. And it just really just made me sit back. This was the first time I've been... To, to this place. It's been a long time since I went to go see somebody in jail. I think this may be the first time I actually went to a prison. And it was just so, it was just so much. It was so extra. It was kind of demeaning to me. So I don't know if it was demeaning to me. I know it has to be demeaning to those prisoners. And yeah. I'm like, is it really? Is it this serious? You know, yeah. one of the things that just really blew my mind is when you get there, you get something at the vending machine, you have to go to the vending machine and get it. Like, the prisoners can't go, which, okay, I can understand that because you may have some prisoners that's a little crazy or, you know, like to do the most. Mm-hmm. But then you have to take the stuff off the plate. I'm going to have to pack it, put it What's on up, the plate. James? You have to do this. You have to do that. Then we sit here, and it's just this table, and the chairs have to be a distinctive way. And then I kind of, like, scooted my chair a little bit, <laughs> and here come the police officers. I'm like, whoa, you about to arrest me? I kind of yeah. got nervous. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, really? Is it this serious? And it just really just made me think about how the school system and the jail system is so in line. Like, that shit is real. These people, they they had to be in they had to be in a single file line. I mean, there weren't any bells, but we don't have bells now. When last time I was in school, they didn't have bells. But it was just so. It was just so. It was scary. <laughs> I'm not even the one that was locked up, but it was scary. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just want people to start understanding like they got a plan for you. Don't put yourself in that predicament to get in the plan. I mean, yeah. the fall in the plan. Don't do not do that. Yeah. Well, so and it's just, I mean, it makes it makes the family go through so much. I've noticed that since, you know, we've been going through this issue with, with this legal system, certain family members have gotten sicker. I mean, they contribute yeah. to their sickness, but a lot of it has to do with their stress, stress, stress. and mm. they were stressed when they were out, and they were stressed now that they're in there, and, and they have to go through these long trips to get there, and mm. they gotta take this, they gotta take that, and it's just so stressful, and it was just stressful for me. Like I, when I got home, I was ready to go to bed. <laughs> I was like literally mentally drained, physically drained, and I didn't even do nothing. I kind of want to piggyback off what you just said. It was pretty profound when you talk about stress. And uh, you think about this, all right, you, your brother, your mother, your uncle, you know, we talk about close family, right? Mm-hmm. They get arrested. You know, we ain't going to talk about about what, you know what I mean? Because, you know, they could arrest us for anything, no telling. You know what I mean? They could arrest me today, you know what I'm saying? So somebody gets arrested. Immediately, the first thing you want to think about is how can I get them out, Right. And what's your what is your financial situation right at this moment? Could you bail? Could you 
put up $10,000, you put $1,500 to get somebody out of jail right now. I say that. You know what I mean? So, lady, like, what's up, April? Most of us can't. Most of us can't, don't have that money right now to do that. So, right now, that already puts you under stress. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because you like, you know, and it's, it's, it right there, it affects your sleep. It affects your mind now, you, you know, your heart rate. Everything is increased. And now you, you're worried. You, how could you not worry? Whether they was guilty or whether they was not, you know what I mean? Even if they're not guilty, it's even worse. Because you, 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 mm -hmm. you see it all the time. So yeah. you talk about the physical stress it puts on your body, and you don't even be aware of it. No. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. you don't even, you're not even aware of it. So, And then when, when, when the loved one is locked up, yeah, everyone is locked up with them. You know what I mean? It's not like physically. Yeah. But, you know, it's like... Part of you locked up, Part too. of you was locked up. Well, Al Herrera DeDrez said something. He said, how about that Milwaukee black cop that got his wake-up call, Bumba Clock? <laughs> he said, uh, uh, Al Herrera went on to say, convict leasing program, Jim Crow, black codes. Yeah. You know, yeah. When they when they, they farm those guys out. Finish your thought, though, as far as the, the total yeah, takes on just, you mentally I, yeah, financially. Yeah, especially I was just, you know, that struck me what you said. You know, the, the physical stress that it takes on a person to have a loved one locked up, to have to be worried about them. And in some cases, you know, I, it, you, you be less worried because I know if you have a child yeah. that's out there, that's what, you know, sometimes. You know where they at. You know where they at. You know what I mean? Saying, he was out with Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Stay together. Sometimes the How situation doing? Is, is better. You don't want that person to be in jail. You don't want your loved one to be in jail because you know. But sometimes they doing so much and you try certain things to, to get to get them help before jail, and they, that didn't work. And you didn't try it over and over. You didn't get blood, sweat, and tears, literally. Yeah. Sometimes it's best for that person to sit it down for a minute. Cool off. And hope when they get out, they've learned from that mistake. They've learned from that situation. I know So it seems as if so many times they get out of jail and they go back and fall right back into the same old habits. And it's kind of hard not to when that's all you knew before you got right. out, I mean, right. before you went in, and then you got this period of time where you don't even know how to act because you don't, you don't learn how to act. You don't learn how to behave in society in jail. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Agree. So when you get out, now you got the behavior from jail, and you also had that behavior you have before you went to jail. So you're not even learning how to mm -hmm. carry yourself. You're not learning about yourself. And you're not given the opportunity to grow. It, and it hurts because most of the time, folks get out of jail, what's the first thing they want to do? They want to throw a barbecue. Mm -hmm. They want to call yeah. Pookie and Ray Ray. They want to get you high. They want to get you the bitches. You know, mm -hmm. they want to mm -hmm. get you uh, whatever drug you was doing before you went in there. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have enough power, enough strength to be like, all right. But see, you know, real quick uh, before you go, real quick before you go, I just want to say, it shows you how your actions affect the people around That's you. Not, yeah. You know what I mean? Like how crucial that is. I just wanted to get that out there. Well, you know, I'm going to kind of dovetail off of something Lisa was saying earlier when you were discussing it earlier and you were talking about the uh, basically the, the uh, school to prison mm -hmm. pipeline. Uh, you have that, but in the interim, those people, they start, sometimes they have families. Mm -hmm. They have children that they leave behind. Kids that are one, maybe a few months old. And then you're not coming back to they six, seven, ten years old. You've missed that time in that yeah. child's life. What is the impact on that family mentally and financially? And the fact that, you know, the kid know, okay, my daddy here with this and that, this and that. We have the tendency to make heroes out of the absent parent and villains yeah. out of the parent that's there. Yeah. You know, how does that deconstruct the family? You know, yeah. do, do you see these types of things? I've, I've had that. I've actually had that experience where I was with my daughter's father. He got incarcerated for uh, a year or so mm -hmm. and then he gets out and you're not even doing what you're supposed to do when you get out but every now and again you want to come in and sprinkle daddy but when you come in you want to try to tell me what I don't need to do well, you, what you need to do is get off her back what you need to do is do this she's a good kid how do you know she's a good kid you know what I'm saying? How do you know she ain't no What made her a good kid? I made her a good kid. This strictness is what made her a good kid. So don't tell me what I should be doing. How about you come in and join the, join the party? 
Do you think it makes it easier for some of those parents that start going to jail and they just keep going back? Do you ever think people go back on purpose? Some people do. Some people do. Because they don't know how to... Because it's almost an excuse. Some people do. They don't know how to act in society. What's up, Sean Ray? Some people need that type of structure. You know? I was talking to a cat the other day and he did six months for DUI. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, well, his first one? No, when his uh, first one. Uh, okay. <laughs> when the second one, was the third one. Okay. He, was he deserved he was, it. Yeah, he deserved <laughs> it. And, and, and he was just telling me, you know, he don't drink at all. You know what I'm saying? He was like, man, he was like, that's six months. He's like, that 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 gave me he's all scared, I need. Yeah. No, he's scared. He's like, no, brother. No. But then you got certain people who, who they, I mean, they can't stay out. You know what I mean? And you and I, I, I just want to get back to how our actions affect the people around us, man. You know what I mean? I understand you want to feed your babies, you know, but your babies are, you know, and us as men, we get caught up and we have to, we want to be the provider, we want to be the provider, but our presence is more important. You know what I mean? Like you ain't got to take certain chances. You know, you you can't take certain chances when you have kids. Yeah. It ain't about wanting to. You can't, man. You can't. You have to think about them before you make a move. Now, if you're single, you ain't got no kids, and you're doing what you're doing, you're the only one. I mean, you're not the only one because you, you know, you're, you're still your mom. You know what I mean? You, she worried about. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Our moms worry about us. You know what I'm saying? And that stress sometimes kills them. That's it. You know what they, what I'm they like said sometimes it's just like that. Those walls, those four walls, is all they know. Yeah. 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 But no, it kills, it kills your moms. Go ahead yeah, and finish the yeah, thought. No, that was, that was it. Yeah, it, t- it takes a toll on the family. You know, and I kind of want to piggyback off of what uh, Al Hared the Dread said. Lady Like came back in. She said, times change, and they make real they make it real hard for black men to qualify to stay free. And I would say that, like, you could just be crossing the street these days and end up in jail. Mm-hmm. Like, how many people have got arrested for nothing, and then when they go to court, the only charge they have is resisting arrest? Well, it's lawful to resist an unlawful arrest. I don't know if y'all know this. It is lawful to resist an unlawful arrest. Mm-hmm. But what media would tell you is, well, they didn't comply. Well, why should I comply if I didn't do anything? Because what it is is, and I think we kind of lightly touched on it, that bail system is a mother. Hey, yeah. shout out to Jay-Z. Shout out to, uh, what, what's my man, Meek Mill, mm-hmm. Beyonce, and Robert Kraft for getting that bail reform stuff mm-hmm. moved through. Because that's how they was criminalizing. If you think about Khalif Broder, you know, his whole thing was his they couldn't pay the three thousand dollars to bail him out. So he mm-hmm. spent three years up in Rikers just because he couldn't afford three thousand dollars, which I think his dad could have got up. Mm-hmm. But they accused him of stealing something he didn't do, and then they tried to get him to cop to it once they realized they didn't have a case. So they kept him in there longer and longer and longer just because he couldn't come up with three thousand dollars. And now, they know that. how many people are in prison just because they're poor? See, they don't criminalize criminals. Sometimes they criminalize you for being for poor. poor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and it's affecting more than just us. And this ain't a black thing. That's a poor thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But once again, the demographic that's going to be most affected by it is the ones who are at the bottom of that food chain. Well, people and, associate with being, yeah, being poor with being black. Yeah. Well, they like went on to say, if you think about it, they are thinking about the kids. They they uh, they are thinking about the kids. They have to feed them, buy clothes, and provide shelter. But if every job is turning them down because of their background, what else? Um, what else should they should they do? And you know what? I kind of want to uh, piggyback off of that. I agree with Lady Light. Back in the day, it was an old saying: was like, okay, if somebody did a crime, what did they they said he paid his debt to society. We're going to forget it. That was okay when it was them. Mm-hmm. But just what you just said, when it's us, that's not okay. A felony is a lifetime sentence on a job application now. Mm-hmm. You can't get this job for that, this job for that. That's why it's important for uh, programs like uh, Kamala Harris put together in San Francisco. She lowered recidivism. I think we, we talked about this by 89 or 92%. So, uh, and recidivism, by the way, people, is uh, the amount of people that get out of prison and then go back to prison. She lowered that by 89 to 92% in San Francisco by putting programs in. Now, she mm-hmm. talked tough because she, she talked to talk, but she made sure that she put programs in place that put these people to work the whole nine. It is not, if the government's job is to keep you in prison, do you really think it's their job or are they going to really work hard to keep exactly. you employed? Now, certain programs out there that we don't know about, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of stuff that if we, we dug deep, we could kind of share. We need to mm-hmm. share it because mm-hmm. we've got this platform, but it's up to us. 
we have to start creating felony-friendly jobs. Now, I have no problems with hustlers. I, if you was out there, you was hustling, you was trying to feed your family, personally, I ain't got a problem with it. You know, you out there, you trying to do something constructive, you just didn't find where you could hone that in. Mm-hmm. That's why they gave those Rockefeller laws to so many people who was just trying to hustle because they saw you got potential. It's, right. Some of those guys could have been amazing stockbrokers or amazing people on Wall Street if given the opportunity, but they aren't introduced to it. They don't have that kind of, they're not protected, they're not insulated from the ills of, of, of the social ills that go on along with being in certain environments. I'm going to go on and say Veronica, Veronica Thornton just said, my son's father has been in and out of jail for the equivalent of more than half their lives. There is a level of stress that comes with trying to find balance so that I'm not bashing his actions, um, bashing, bashing his actions, but, but at the same time, at the same time, telling them the pitfalls that are laid out for black boys to fall into. Shout out to Sean West. What's up with hey, your family? Real quick, too. I am hosting a, a watch party on Facebook. So I want to shout out some of the people just joined us. Jamal Flono, shout out Trevor J. Shout out Patrick Bubba Boyko, Cerise Carr. You know what I mean? Shout out Abra Boykins. My son just joined us. Sean Ray just said, uh, Bullseye Rich. You know what I mean? What's <laughs> up, Sean can. Ray? So, uh, I mean, if we get back to this, man, it's, our, it's on us. It's on us to protect our communities. We need to... Yeah, you know, I'm big on politics. Y'all know that. But politicians ain't going to protect you. You know, we, we need to start writing the laws. Let's start saying, let's sit down. This is a think tank. This is an open think tank. Mm-hmm. You know, let's start waiting for people to, to go ahead and post the comments. How can we start changing this? How can you start changing that narrative? How can we take some of the stress off the family? Now, a lot of it is personal responsibility. Straight straight up, man. Some, yeah. of, these, some of these people are just assholes they, they do stupid dumb stuff and they deserve to go to jail mm-hmm. but a lot of these people don't real quick man i wanted to ask you lisa um did, did, have you felt any like actual physical effects from having a loved one in prison like have you felt like any specific effects personally like that you felt from having you mean since i've been there since mm-hmm. since you had a loved What's up, one Tiffany Mitchell? I don't think I had any direct personal effects from it. Like, when it first happened, I did miss my loved one, like, a lot because, you know, we did talk a lot. Um, even though he was going through what he was going through, we didn't see each other like we used to. Didn't know It was different to know that he was out versus I can see him or I can call him or I can go hunt him down mm-hmm. and see him. Now I can't do that. So I really did miss him, but... I think my my most most of my effect came from seeing my parent. Right. You know, saying like see, she was really hurt, she was really upset when it first happened. So to see that happen, to see her break down, that's what really hurt my heart. You know, and I I think I was more you see I was more so angry. Yeah. And then once I got over the sad, I was angry for a while. So that was a little bit of why I didn't want to see him because I was angry that he allowed himself to fall through the cracks, he allowed himself to get in the position that he got into because we had talked. And, I mean, I know that people go through the changes and they, mm-hmm. whatever they're going through, at a different pace than what I would. You know, I might go through it faster, I might go through it slower than him. So, I understood that, but I was still so mad that he hurt his mother, he hurt himself, he hurt his son, you know. Yep. I was, that's what I was, I was so angry and now I'm like okay you're angry what you being angry is not going to really change anything and it's not going to really help him out you know so maybe me going to see him give him my good energy give him my good vibrations you know <laughs> that'll help him feel better you know help him be like oh I'm coming home you know just have that good attitude and he seemed to be in good spirits to be in the place that he in, to be in the situation that he in, but at the same time, all right. I mean, and that's you what learn? you said was just what you just said was really heavy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I think you were more on the on the side of relief that okay, now nah, he can't 
get hurt no free. Yeah. You ain't dead, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like, it gets to the point, like, when we say dead in jail, most yeah. of us are going to pick, yeah. we want our love yeah. in jail. Yeah. We don't want dead. I got a possibility to see Right, right, yeah. right. But to see your mom, you know, that's her son. You know what I mean? Like, to mm-hmm. see that, you know, that, that residual effect that, you know, that when you see, it's like the butterfly effect. You know, one thing, and it affects everybody so around it. It's like... Mm-hmm. So I think you really have to keep that in mind, especially if you have kids, man. You know, you, and you know, you gotta, and it's not just them, but, but especially if you have kids, you have to keep in mind what you do and the things. If, well, it's going to affect them, and not just them, but definitely them and your mom and everybody around you. So keep, you there's know a duality saying? to it. Yeah, it's a cause yeah, and effect. Yeah. Veronica Thor said there are many felony-friendly jobs out here, but there's a fear many have for applying. Some of those jobs. They don't know how to answer the questions about why they became incarcerated. Lady Like went on to say, I plan to use this credit restoration platform for people with felonies. Your family and learn, uh, I'm sorry, uh, make sure, make an income to feed your family and learn the ways of the wealthy to get our families out of poverty. I have faith in us. Say that. Ashe, Queen, Ashe. What's up, Terry Sanders? Baba Batai just joined us in the watch party. Baba Batai. Hey, so I'm gonna go Hold back on, to. Sean Ray just also commented here. Politicians work for us. If if, if they not getting the job done, they need to get voted out. Yep. Get them out. Get them out there. Hold them accountable. Yeah. But see, it's hard to hold people accountable without a financial base. And, and the thing is, we do have it. We just don't have a collective voice. Uh, I wanted to piggyback off what Al Hared the Dread said. Uh, if you go back, you think about the Thirteenth Amendment. 13th Amendment basically says you can have slavery as long as you're incar- incarcerated. That's the only time slavery is okay. Mm-hmm. So you have these people working for companies like Microsoft. And I ain't just trying to pick Microsoft. Shout out to you. If, I, if, if you ain't on that list, I apologize. We, you have big corporations. I ain't mean a single one out. Who use uh, felons to do business because they could pay them like 40 cents an hour. Mm-hmm. And... Those same felons, when they get out, they know how to do the job, and they go to apply for this same company they've been working for for six years in jail. Like, man, I know how to do this. I used to call when y'all right, did y'all, and right. like, that was me. Let me go get a job up here. I'm about to feed my family. And then they go, and the catch-22 is, this job say, I can't hire you because you got a felony. I mean, you, I got six years' experience with yeah, you. It's, it's, all, it's all in the plan. It's all supposed to be the way they want it to be. They have to keep you... It's just like the drug company. They got to keep you sick, keep you coming back mm-hmm. for the medicine. They got to keep so them present. Ain't no money in the cure. Right. Ain't no money in keeping these people, giving the programs to, um, what do you call it, reinform them. You right. know? So it don't make, make reinform them. That make too much sense. What's yeah. up, Tim? Over you know, to you. Some know people I mean? may have been in environments. They may have grown up in a fucked up environment. Mm-hmm. If their dad was... The game, the game is If they uncle was the in, the gu- in the game, yeah. you know, that's all they know. They ain't, yeah. And they put you in jail. They ain't giving you, putting you in jail to reform you. They ain't putting you in jail to teach you no trades. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to take a step back, though, too. So I, I, I know some said, dudes. Right on, sister. You know I, I, mean? I know some people who get right out of jail and get jobs, and they working harder and longer than people who've been out and, and ain't got a number. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, it's another side of story yeah. to this, too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It just ain't all despair. It's some guys that get out of jail and say exactly what you said. That you do, he did six months, said I ain't never going yeah. back. Yeah, it's yeah a, there is it's, some it's, guys it, that it, went to jail. I yeah. know some guys. I know guys on both uh, sides. Some guys that went go to jail, get out, and keep going back, go out two weeks, six months later. And I know somebody that's been in jail for a minute. And he got out, and he never like, again. Go, I ain't going back. And <laughs> he ain't again. been back since. You know what I'm saying? He doing what he's supposed to do, and being a productive uh, member of the society and all that. So I mean, you say that so, they leapfrogging cats yeah, that's been out here. Yeah. They coming out like, uh, because it's like a second lease on life. It's almost like you give me a second chance right, at this. Right, right. And I think sometimes they had that. that that opportunity to sit back well, and think if I get a second it, it, chance. It comes from, you know, again, you know what I mean? I remember when we talking about personal growth, you know what I mean? A lot of times when people don't decide to do it until they back against the wall, until they rock bottom, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And you have to look yourself in the mirror like, it's just you and, you know what I mean? And prison is a spot that happens for some people. But some people don't, don't see that, you know? I don't know. Some people... Yeah. 
But uh, Malik El Shabazz exactly. was in jail. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Malcolm X. Malcolm X came out. Ready. A lot of people find themselves in there. You know. So. You know what? They took a lot of those um, prison. Um, Programs away where you yeah. can get your uh, diplomas, where you can get your college degree. They purposely took that out of there. Yeah, they took it out, but because they started seeing these, some of these cats was coming out ready. Like, oh, okay, I ain't gonna yeah. do this no more. Was it one cat spent some time in jail, came out, passed the bar. He went yeah. to college. He, yeah. he he was ready for the bar when he got so out, but he had, had to do the. Hey, so you had to think about it. Prison a lot cheaper than college, boy. Doctor, get a four year degree and shit. Come on, that bitch. <laughs> that was his master plan, <laughs> and he swole. <laughs> hey man, y'all watching the full disclosure show, man. I'm, I'm Derek Lamont wins the first. We got Bobby Rich Green, Big Dick Dasley, and Lisa Lisa, the little lady in the house. Thanks everybody for watching, man. Sean Red said, "Right on, sister." Everybody on the watch party, everybody on the podcast. We're gonna get into the social media post of the week, and I'm kind of myself itching for this one. All right, man. You know, I'm, you know, I keep I keep it quick. Normally, I try to keep it light. I'm just go right into it. I just saw um, this week that they banned the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan from Facebook and IG platforms, and they said they were trying to rid themselves of hate group and hate speech. In that aftermath, you got rid of Alex Jones from Infowars uh, and Milo, and I forget his last name. Uh, who who was just a, a, a right-wing extremist. You know, they want to say alt-right. Let's just call it what it is. He's a Nazi. They got rid of those people. I believe now those people did have that rhetoric that was divisive. And they, their whole goal was to divide. But you had, if you listen to Farrakhan's message, if you listen to any of his posts, it wasn't anything divisive, the whole nine. Now, because he was part of the nation of Islam that's based out of Chicago. Uh, shout out to the nation. Um, you know, it could be looked upon as he's an anti-Semite. You know, I think I saw a post about how could you be that way? <laughs> if this didn't exist, that didn't exist. That's mm-hmm. neither here nor there though. But the thing is, um, I want to know how you feel about that, Lisa. Did you, you, you've seen Mr. Louis Farrakhan. What's your thoughts on his ban off of social media? Um, I feel like, first off, if Louis Farrakhan or any of those guys were such a threat, they'd be dead. So, there's more to the story that meets the eye, I feel as if. I ain't saying it's no conspiracy or anything, but I just feel like if they was that much of a threat, they'd be dead. He's been saying these things and giving this, giving these speeches and spitting out his feelings and ideology (laughs) for how long Mm -hmm. so if he was going to cause this race war or this big whatever it would have been done so I think it's more they just moving him out the way for the next group that they're going to bring back in I mean anybody we see in that on TV the power that be is letting us see them they only giving us what they want us to see Correct. so we got to remember that all these people are all working for the same people. So it's more to it than they just banned it because his speech or whatever, whatever. So I just feel like if they're going to ban Louis Farrakhan, then they need to ban Donald Trump. Oh, well, then who's next? Man, <laughs> yeah. who's next? They're going to ban us? Yeah. Well, we see what's going on with our yeah. connection. Y'all don't see this. They're but coming our, for us. Our connection. It's crazy. We, yeah. we we going on. We know that we y'all can hear us, but they really, they doing some stuff. They mess with the algorithms and everything. Right, right, Go ahead, right. D. I'm sorry. Nah, I mean, I, I just want to tell y'all, if you didn't already know this, you know what I'm saying, what you probably did. I'm just about to tell you. There is no, the only reward for keeping it real is respect. You know what I mean? There's no rewards for keeping it real. There's no rewards for telling you know what I mean? How it is. You know, speaking your truth. You know what I mean? And one thing about Farrakhan, Farrakhan, when I when I get help to Farrakhan from, you know, Public Enemy, I'm going to tell you about Farrakhan yeah, until you yeah. heard the man. I'm like, well, who is Farrakhan? Yeah. You know, Public Enemy introduced me to Farrakhan. Public Enemy introduced me to Malcolm X anyway, but I digress. So, you know, and I'm starting to, and I remember watching Farrakhan on Donahue. You know, I used to watch Donahue. And I saw this brother come on there. 
and tear them up. And he didn't say nothing derogatory. He told them 100% truth, and there was nothing they could do or say about it. And I was like, whoa. Right? And to your point, that was Donahue. <laughs> that was what, 80s? That was the 80s. You know what I mean? So he's been doing this. And, and and that's why I respect. And well, you know, yeah, I don't. You know, I don't get into the religion. I, I say all the time, Peace don't don't daughter. tell me what you believe. Show me who you are. And Sparrow kind of showed me who he is. You know what I mean? Sparrow kind of stood up and said things to 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 America's face that they didn't like. So now, why the band? I mean, it made me think like, why band? Now he ain't he been doing this. Social media's been on for how long? Mm-hmm. Peace been on Facebook. So, He's been on IG. I see him all the time. Yeah. I got Muslim black posts all the time. I watch them all. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like, you know, it makes you think really like, why not? What, what's what's next? What? You know what I'm saying? Is, is, is there sending, is something next? Is, is there pushing something else? You know what I mean? Setting it up like, well, we're going to do this to them now. You know, like I said, who, who, all of us are safe. Who, who, who's safe? You know yeah. what I mean? Who, I who, who's going to get banned next? Yeah. I definitely think it's an agenda to the reason why they're ban- banning uh these people are that they're definitely about to bring in somebody else and they're just going to be a different face different words but it's going to be the same agenda and it's not mm-hmm. going to change because they need the agenda to keep the fucking craziness going on mm-hmm. we so fucking blindsided <laughs> by all the bullshit we ain't paying attention to the real shit before we get into some of the comments I, I just wanted to say real quick uh it, it's, it's like uh now it's like when you speak when you speak against racism, you're considered racist. racist. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. When you talk about, you know what I mean? Like they can say, "Oh, kill niggers and da da da." This is racist <laughs> rhetoric. If I speak against that, if I speak, even if I speak against, speak for black love and black unity and black pride, that's racist. why I'm being racist. You know what I mean? So Man, go ahead on to the car. I got. No, like, y'all, 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 you know how I've been trying to be cool on yeah, this, but hey, hey, Patrick Buckboy Cole said, Farrakhan is like the ultimate advocate for the black man. He speaks certain truths that his that the white establishment couldn't handle. I'm surprised that they didn't ban him a long time ago. Exactly, to our point. Well, once again, because it's the truth. It's something that's easily researchable. He didn't say or do anything that wasn't out of the ordinary. Like, one thing, he even said this, that God blessed him with the ability to speak well. He articulates his thoughts very, very well. Very well. And he doesn't, he's not aggressive in it. He doesn't cuss in it. He just gives it right to the point. And it cuts you like a knife. When somebody is just so articulate and and so intelligent that they can get their message across without ever having to raise their voice Mm. and using a complete fact. Now I'm not talking about on the religious side. Religiously speaking, you know, I don't I don't agree with any necessarily religious doctrine. This is not about religion. I don't want y'all to think that you know, this has anything to do with uh, Islam or the nation or anything like that. This is the man himself. Mm-hmm. Right. He's been an advocate for black folks. He's taken people who had these prisons. We were just talking about mm-hmm. incarceration. He was the master of taking people out of jail and, and, and turning them around. And you know what? I might step on some toes now, but if I'm going to keep it 100, I, I see that black Muslims in America, people who follow Islam, Muslims in America, to me, are some of the most noble people I've ever met. I ain't saying all of them, but they follow the doctrine and they are noble people. And mm-hmm. that's because of the way that one Mr. Louis Farrakhan, Mr. Louis Farrakhan right, carries himself. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? He's an honorable man. I think maybe if we want to go to the reason why... They- <laughs> he cursed a little. <laughs> hey, Patrick, you know right. what I'm talking about, family. Real quick, yeah. too. Sean Ray said, maybe they're afraid of the Million Man March, too. Man, when he did that back in 95, man, who else gonna put a million black people together? They tried I to downplay that number. I I used to always want to go to the Million Man March. <laughs> did you? Yeah. I, I did, because, you know, I was like, what is that? What is these black men like? Is this black people like trying to save yeah, the world, yeah, trying yeah. to save black folk? And I was at work. Man, I feel horrible man, about I, that. I, I, I was at work. Wait, wait, wait. What Trezana Staples said, uh, <laughs> they, they felt they had to remove Mr. Farrakhan because they removed the white hate groups. And that's exactly yeah. what I was saying. They feel like, yeah. oh, they, since I'm getting rid of them, we got to get rid of a yeah. prominent black person. Well, yeah. remove Al Sharpton. Yeah. I, I would have been cool with them removing <laughs> Al Sharpton. Yeah. Who happened to be an FBI informant? I'm just saying. Go I ahead, D. I ain't mean to cut you off. I just, I wish I could pull up the one interview that he did, where I, I was trying. I was sitting trying to remember. It. I'm thinking maybe you remember. It was on 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes. Where they was talking about Nigeria 
and and he said, you know, who are you to have to talk oh. about moral equivalency? Oh so, so, yeah, that's the one. I mean, come on, yeah, yeah. Well, I knew it. That's why I said yeah, I said it. You, bro, come on, because it was a classic, man. And, and, oh, go ahead. Listen. I think that the, I think maybe part of the reason why they want to ban him is because they're trying to hush him out, hush him up, because he's giving an example of a black man of these little black boys. Follow, follow these examples, follow this, and maybe, not maybe, you know what I'm saying, black men are following this example, and it's a threat to the powers that be, it's a threat to what they want, it's a threat to what they try to do, you know, they can't have us uh, acting like we got sense, yeah. they can't have us wow. acting like black men instead of niggas, yeah, right. say that. you know? My man, Baba Bataille Sanders said, Louis Farrakhan has a talent to speak, that's not a gift, he's a talented leader. Say that, brother. Hey, so, and at least I'm just going to dovetail off what you said. It's like, um, you know, you got, once again, a great orator, dresses well, the whole nine speaks well, but it's for his people, about his people. But they muted him a long time ago because you have certain people who were scared to align themselves with him. Even at uh, Aretha Franklin's uh, funeral, everybody that sat up at the, at the top spoke. It was one person who didn't speak. That was Louis Farrakhan. They kept him off that microphone for a reason. But at least they allow his presence to be there. We don't know what this thing might say. We better yeah. not put him up there. Yeah. He, like, he, he like the old old grandma, you know what I'm saying, the barbecue, you know grandma that just say anything to anybody? Yeah. Yeah. That's him. He the old grandpa that say anything to anybody. But, and he said with a smile on his face, yeah, too. He, 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 he did have something. He'd be smiling, you know what I mean? But, you know, so, and I, you know, I, I, I give. Now, that'd be Khalid Mohammed, <laughs> yeah. though. If you don't let Khalid on that bike, you'd be upset. Go ahead, though. Yeah, Rest in peace. Rest in power, Khalid just, Muhammad. I just, I remember, you, I remember any, if anybody remember the old Cleveland State radio station, like from after about, Two thirty. I can't remember the name of number. Old Cleveland State Radio. After the little hip hop, they used to have a hip hop show. They used to go off at two o'clock in the morning on Saturdays. After that, they would play speeches of uh, Minister of Malcolm X and Farrakhan. And I would be up, you know, doing my little thing. You know what I'm saying? I would be up six o'clock in the morning listening to speeches of Farrakhan. Anybody remember that? You know what I'm saying? Shout out because. After after they had a little hip hop show from twelve to two, and after it went off, it was they would play speeches, and I would just be like floored, man. Yeah. And, and and it was so flooring is the things they were saying was so relevant. You know what I mean? They were old, a lot of them were old speeches. Well, the, the, the Malcolm X speeches were old, but then the Farrakhan's, and it was just they were saying stuff. that was like whoa, just blowing my lid. You know I what I mean? When I was uh, working midnights at the nursing home, and it get real quiet, and it just be me. I sit there and listen to speeches with Malcolm X. You know what I'm saying? I listen to a little bit of Farrakhan. But I was really listening to Malcolm X's speeches. And, I mean, that brother was deep. Hey, look, it's amazing. If you if you are on the fence and you you don't understand why we may feel this way, hold on, let me read this. Patrick Walker Boyce Cole said, I remember that station, great underground hip-hop. Yeah, yeah. Man, that, that was it. Yeah. That was it. You turn and you get past that little fuzz <laughs> yeah. right there. I forget the, I forget the uh, call numbers. But um, once again, it's not that we, it's not an advocate. We're not advocating belief right here. We're, we're sitting here, we're talking about someone who stood up for their people in the right way. This, this society... Uh, I'm just talking about the states in general because I, I, even though I've traveled, I've traveled a lot of places. I haven't experienced a lot of things in different areas. So I'm just going to talk about the states. Now, quick, keep it real quick. This man has articulated our experience in this country very, very well. If you really want to understand how the black man feels in America, I believe that whether forget your creed, your ethnicity, your belief, your race, listen to this man's speeches, and I say the more recent ones. You know, listen to his more recent work. Go on YouTube and research him. If he's speaking this hate speech to hold on what they're trying to do. Not like these other groups. This man is actually telling y'all the truth. And sometimes people don't like the truth. To someone who doesn't understand the truth, the truth will hurt. Hold on, we got one comment. I'm going to let you, right, you could, take you us could, out. You uh, Veronica Thornton said, Minister Farrakhan is no longer perceived as a religious zealot by many, but as a truth teller. I agree. Um, that is true power when someone can organize thousands without ever being in their presence. Million Man March was a test. Next time, he won't be calling a peaceful march, and they know it. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm in on that. I'ma speak my truth when I'm in minds. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying? We wanna thank you everybody for joining us, man. We're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. Wrap it up. Much love, man. Hey, share the videos. Check out the podcast. You know what I mean? Uh, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere. We everywhere, man. Thanks for all the love. I'm Derek Lamont Williams, Big Dick Dashley, Rich Green, Lisa Lisa, Lady of the House. Thanks again, y'all. It's all love all day. We out.